Welcome to another Profile of Endurance. I'm Father Scott Vanderveer. One of the kindest things that any of us can do for others is to tell the truth about the experiences of our lives, even if it makes us feel bad to do it, even if we don't look as beautiful or as strong or as noble as we would like. When we do that, when we say, in this experience, I felt this way that makes me feel embarrassed, but I want to share it with you because it's the truth. We open up doors for other people. We let them out of the prisons that they've been in. There is no human experience that any of us could have that is foreign to the human family. It's because we're human beings that we have the kind of experiences that we have. So when we go through a loss and that loss causes us to doubt many of the things we've always believed or to lose our connection with the faith that has been our lifeline. When we have that experience and we tell someone else, when I went through this loss, I lost God too. We give that other person listening a great gift, permission to tell the truth about their own struggles with faith. Today's guest does just that as she recounts how the biggest loss of her life wound up being a double loss and how she made her way back. Listen to this honest and brave conversation between a woman of deep faith and her pastor. Today, I am joined by Gina Donovan, who has been a member of St. Mary's Parish in Cooksaukee for about eight years now. She and her husband, Ray, have been faithful attenders of our 730 Mass. And although I didn't know them well, I always enjoyed seeing them and felt a great sense of warmth coming from them. Not long ago, there was a tragedy in their lives that Gina is here to talk with us about. But we're going to go back to the beginning as we do that. And we're going to talk about their marriage. So Gina, welcome. And if you would start off, tell us a little bit about Ray Donovan, your husband. Where did you meet him? Where did that happen? Um, we met at Salisbury Beach, um, New Hampshire. Mm, how did you notice him? Um, there was a group of a lot of people on the beach, and um, we started talking, and the tide was coming in, so people would move their their umbrellas and towels and and so everyone in the whole area of the beach kind of like felt like we knew each other. And he eventually came over to me and started talking with me. And that's where it all started. Oh, what was what was your story at that time? Where were you on your life journey when that happened? Well, I was working as a graphic designer in Boston. And um, Ray was actually working as a re- in retail management. Uh, he had just gotten a promotion, and he really enjoyed what he was doing. How long did you la- did you date before you uh, you wound up becoming married? Um, probably about a year. It was quite fast. Wow. So, th- would you say there was a a, a kind of meant to be feeling about it? Um, I think so. Ray knew right off, and it didn't take me long before I realized that this was the guy for me. So, oh, You know, it struck me, just going on, on this journey with you, the two of you had an extraordinarily close marriage. 
And I, I'm wondering if you can talk about that. Uh, some couples, marriage can be, you know, it's a challenge. It's, 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 it's joyful in the beginning, and then it can, it can get to be a bit of a grind. You two seemed just so, so right together and so happy. What do you think it was that made your marriage so close and so happy? Um, I think that we really loved each other. Hmm. And we, we enjoyed being together. Um, you know, we shared decisions, um, and we were also best friends. So I think that's really what made our marriage happy. Mm. I know that there are a lot of people listening who, uh, have spent time worrying about the health of a spouse. And I'm wondering, a lot of, a lot of us have wondered, I wonder if, if I will go first, I wonder if my spouse will, will predecease me. Had you two ever had conversations about that, about wondering which of you would be the first to uh, to pass away? No, I think Ray was more inclined to talk about that, but we really discussed burial versus cremation and also took care of our will, mm. but we never really discussed um, life without the other. Mm. And I, I should add... Um, Around four or five months after I lost Ray, a very dear friend of ours told me that um, he had had many conversations with Ray, and Ray always said that he would just want me to be happy. So that helped me along um, this journey, knowing that, um, you know, in really a very difficult time for me. Yes, yes. In, in December of 2018... Um, Ray died suddenly. What, what do you tell people about that experience? What, what's important for us to know about how Ray left us? Um, I think that's something that I have not talked about a lot. Mm. Um, to those, to those closest in the family, of course they needed to, to understand what had happened. Mm. But for me, it, it was easier for me just to say um, he had a heart attack. Mm. The, 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 the worst part of it for me was that he wasn't feeling well. And the next moment he was just gone. Mm. And I think that that was, that was the worst part of the whole experience that I didn't get to say goodbye to him. Mm. I'm so sorry. Tell me, tell us what, what you want us to know about your experience of grief. Grief, grief is a very, very hard process and, and you were not shielded from it at all. What, what was your experience of grief like? Well, in the beginning I was just numb. Mm. I wasn't eating. I had family around me. Um, but I just didn't feel anything. I didn't, I couldn't feel way. Mm. And, and I, I lost God. I mean, I just lost any connection to God. I, I just went from day to day, just trying to get through the day, um, having lists of things to do just to keep me busy. Mm. Um, it, it was it was very dark and and very um, numbing for me. Just no feeling at all about anything. Talk to us about the feeling of. You said you, you felt like you lost God. I think there's a lot of people who can, who can relate to that, but they probably don't talk about it very much with others. And they might be listening right now and they might feel like, 
you're the first person who's ever told the truth about that. Can, can you talk to us a little bit about what that felt like to lose God? It, it, felt, it felt as... It felt almost as bad as losing Ray. Uh, I used to speak to God all the time and thank him for everything I had and recognize how he watched out for us. And I couldn't, I couldn't speak to him. I mm. couldn't find him. Mm. I, I struggled so hard just trying to get back where I was with God. Um, it took me forever to find my way back and I still struggle with it, but, Mm. but I know he's there now. I know he's there now. And I surround myself with, with people in the parish Mm. because I really feel that being around those people who have such strong faith will get me back to exactly where I was before I lost Ray. Mm. What does it feel like? When you're around people with strong faith, can you talk about that? What 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 does being around people with strong faith bring you? Um, it, it brings me a kind of joy because I admire so many people with such a strong faith. They are so committed, um, and they're kind, and and they're they're um, they just involve you. It's 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 a wonderful feeling because. I think that they make me stronger and they make me see that God really is with me. Mm. It's so helpful. It's so helpful. Mm. How beautiful. What, what would you say of the, of the, of the group of friends that you, um, that you are supported by, how many of them are people of faith? Um, I would probably say half of them. Wow. And, and the people of the friends that are people of faith, are able to bring you something a little bit different than the friends that aren't. Is that true? Um, that is true. I find that um, I can talk with them about God, and and um, we often we have questions about faith, mm. and we have questions about um, just different things. And it's nice to be able to get other people's opinions about. Um, about such things um, mm. to compare notes and be interested in what they have to say. You are, you're coming in now. Am, am I right that it's been a year and almost five months for you since yes. your loss? Yes. What is, how is life for you different now than it was a year ago? Well, um, I must say, honestly, I'm still struggling to find a purpose and a direction. Mm. You know, Ray, Ray was everything, and and um, when he was gone, it was just difficult to even have a purpose. Mm. Um, what's what's different now is that I am recognizing my new life, mm. and um, but you know, with with the uh, coronavirus going right now, I almost feel like I'm back where I was when I first lost Ray because mm. the isolation is so similar. That is, that's a powerful thing to hear. Uh, This, you know what you're making me wonder. I wonder if the isolation that people are feeling from coronavirus might be a way for those of us who've never lost a spouse to have just a tiny glimpse into some of what a, what losing a spouse might be a little bit like for someone, because there are a lot of people who have said, 
I haven't been hugged. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen people. I haven't been able to connect. And, and that feeling of, of disconnection. And I almost, I think for some people, there's a real abandonment feeling going on. And so for you to name that is a really, that might be really helpful for a lot of people to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think so too. Um, again, everyone's hopeful that this is going to be over soon. Um, I'm here alone in the house. Thank goodness I have Julie, our dog. Mm. And I'm happy for those people who at least have family around because it can it can be very isolating. Yes. Do you what what kind of plans do you make? What kind of decisions do you make? Survival decisions. It it almost feels like you know when someone's on a hike, if someone's climbing Mount Everest, they have to have a plan for how they're going to climb. And I'm wondering what you would say about what your plan is for surviving this. Because any any person who's lost a spouse that I've talked to says a year and five months is is kind of early into the climb. You know, it's a lifelong climb. And and like you said, you are not far enough into your journey that you don't have setbacks. Something like coronavirus can be a very hard setback. So what is your, do you have a bit of a climbing plan? What are you doing to, to, uh, to help yourself through this journey? What are your, what are your resources? What are the tools in your toolbox that you're turning to? Well, I think my, my biggest, um, toolbox would be my friends and family. Mm. Um, I know when I lost Ray, um, family was staying here with me. But long after family went home and, you know, life was going back for everyone else, um, I still heard from people. I still heard from friends. I still hear from friends. They called me before to check on me to mm. losing Ray. And now they contact me to check on me because of the, um, the virus. Mm. 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 What beautiful and, friends. Yes, they, 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 they really are between my my parish family and my family and my, um, my friends who live down the street and my local friends. Um, I'm very blessed to have such people in my life. And I often wonder how other people can get through losing someone if they don't have that group around them. For a lot of people that have lost someone or gone through something very, very hard, the, one of the hard losses is that it feels like life no longer has any, any joy in it. There's nothing, there's nothing to live for. And I remember hearing someone say that the, the best advice they got in counseling when they were going through a terrible loss was the counselor said, our job together is to help you to go from surviving to having a life worth living that's enjoyable to live. And that was, she said that that really helped her uh, figure out what her goal was. Well, how would you answer the question, how do you make your life worth living after loss and, and in grief? How does life worth living? Well, I think for me, um, keeping busy and having a direction, I've, I've started painting again, which was something mm. that Ray loved that I did um, before we were married. And, um, I think again, I'm still trying to find my direction, but Mm. I think, I think finding joy Mm. in each day Mm. and not feeling guilty about it, Mm. um, 
has been um, something that is helping me survive now. Mm. That's a powerful phrase, not feeling guilty about it. Oh, yeah. Ooh, let's talk about that for a moment because I, I know talking to people in grief, a lot of people feel guilty when they when they have a day, the, when they start to have some good days. They've lost someone and they feel devastated by it. But maybe after some months, they have a, a surprisingly good day and they talk about feeling guilt. Talk to me a little bit about what what a what a someone who loses a spouse deals deals with with the guilt well um i think for me um not feeling guilty helped me feel way again mm. i think having a, a a day full of joy or laughter with friends or just feeling like i accomplished something um it, it almost brought ray back to me Mm. Um, which was missing for months and months and months. I just couldn't find him. Mm. So I think the process of healing and starting to accept the the new life that you have, um, I think that that also helps you um, be able to see and feel the memories um, that you miss so much. Mm. How beautiful. Oh, it's, I'm, I'm very aware that many of the people listening to this may have received it because someone in their life said, I know you don't know these people. I know we're not from upstate New York, I, but I just heard this and I thought of you because I know that you just lost someone in your life. I think this could be helpful. And there may be somebody listening right now where your voice is the first voice of someone they've listened to since going through a terrible loss. What would you say, especially because your experience is the loss of a spouse, what would you say to someone who just lost their spouse? What kind of encouragement could you give them for where they are, whatever moment they're in? I think for me, I would tell them that, yes, it hurts, and yes, it's just unbelievable, but you will get through this. Mm. Everyone's loss is unique. There are people who have lost a, a, a husband, a wife, a father, mother, a child, a friend. Mm. It happens every day, but your loss is unique, but you will get through this. Mm. Gina, there's, some, there's a ministry in our parish that we have... A, a lot of pride in it. It reaches out to families who've lost a loved one at the time of the loss. And we call it the bereavement team. And they do, they do a couple of things. They uh, help prepare the funeral with the family. So the priest goes to meet with the family to talk about the loved one's life and to plan the homily for the funeral. But then, but then a team of parishioners goes and helps them pick the readings and the music and help them decide who should bring up the gifts of bread and wine and who would be the right one to read this first reading. Or, and, and they help them. And then afterwards, well, the day of the funeral, they go and they hand out programs and they, they give people tissues and they give hugs. And then they, they, they pay attention to the family after the fact. They send cards on anniversaries. And it's a very beautiful uh, ministry. 
But I would imagine it is very heartbreaking for anyone who's had a loss to enter into the sadness of another family. And the reason I bring this ministry up is that at the one year mark after you lost Ray, you made the decision to join that ministry. And I, I think that that was a, a very bold decision. It's a very courageous thing. Tell me about it. What made you decide to join the bereavement committee and and what does it what does it mean to you as somebody who's lost a spouse and now is with people losing spouses? Um, for me, it was some way for me to um, help them get through it, and I think that um, for me again going to my first funeral after losing Ray um, was difficult. Mm. But it was a healing process for me, mm. as well as helping others who are going through this. Mm. I think that everyone on the bereavement group, the first funeral mass I went to, I was sobbing during the mass. Mm. And I looked around, everyone around me who was in the bereavement group, and they all were crying. Mm. So, yeah, it's it, these people have been through this. Mm. So they're perfect to be helping other people um, get through um, the, the, the mass and, and just all the preparations for it. Um, mm. it, it the funeral mass is such a beautiful thing. Oh. It really is. Oh, and uh, it's sometimes, I think a lot of the families, Gina, when I watch them leave, when I watch them leaving the funeral, I'll see them look at you on the team, you who are standing there almost as sentinels by the door. You know, you'll be standing there by the door almost like an honor guard, like mm-hmm. like like soldiers at the tomb of the unknown soldier. And you're looking at them often with tears in your own eyes. And they look and they say, wow, these people are good at what they do. And they'll even say to me afterwards, they'll say, oh, Father, that team, that was the most beautiful. Thank you so much for having a parish that reached out to us like that. But what strikes me is, they might not be able to put their finger on it in the moment, but what makes the members of that team good at what they do is that they're not afraid to touch their own loss when they're at that funeral. You know, they're touching their own loss. They're, they're, they're going into the sorrow that they have felt over their own losses. And I guess what it makes me think is, Those people who are grieving, the families that we are serving, they don't need to know your story and to know about Ray to know on some level that you get it. Yes, and I think I think that is very clear because I've seen when the people are leaving and there is eye contact, Mm. and I think I think that they just they just understand that we really are there to try and help them get through it. Oh, so beautiful, so beautiful. I, I, uh, there's a, a couple of questions that I really like to ask everybody that I'm talking to about endurance. As you know, the name of this series is called Profiles of Endurance, and I'm talking to people who've endured all sorts of things, and uh, enduring the loss of a spouse is one of the, one of the hardest and one of the, the things that people fear the most. So I'd just like to ask you a couple of questions that I'm asking the others who have endured. Some people say that everything happens for a reason. What what do you think about that? Do you think that's true? You know, I do think that's true. I, I feel that um, what happens um, was what was meant to happen, 
Mm. And I think eventually you're going to realize the reason for it. Mm. Mm. Does that help you to have a sense of acceptance over, over what you've been through? I think at this point in the journey, it does. Mm. I think in the beginning of the journey, nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. Mm. I, you are losing Ray has been, I imagine maybe the hardest challenge of your life. But you have you have had other challenges too. Chal- like like many others, you've had some very serious challenges, and so you've had to endure not just the loss of Ray, but you've had some other experiences of endurance too. What, in your experience, is the key to enduring something? What's the key to practicing the virtue of endurance? I I think for me, it's just never giving up, trying to accept whatever is happening, but never giving up. And I think. The most important thing is trusting in God that that you're going to get through this and you just have to be strong. Mm. You you talked about coronavirus being a very hard challenge. We are all enduring it right now. And one of the reasons we're, we're having these conversations is there are folks out there listening who are not sure how they're going to endure this, especially because at the time that we're we're having this conversation, we have no end date. For this, maybe somebody, yes. will, maybe someone will listen to this a year from now, and they'll know way more than we do. But right now, we do not know what is going to happen. And so, I, I ask you, what are your, what are your best hopes for what life can be like when we get beyond this? I think for me, um, I'm hoping that um, people will appreciate what they have, even the simplest of things. Mm. And I think that that they'll have hope. Um, and purpose for, for the, the coming days after we get through this. Mm, I pray that's true. I pray that's true. And, I, you know, I'm seeing in our parish, I'm seeing so many people finding purpose. You, you've used that word before. That was the thing that what you said was a key, was finding out your purpose. You felt for a while like you had no purpose. And I know that I, I'm talking to people who feel so helpless and yet I look out at some of the things going on in our parish. The, um, the, the woman who has started the ministry to make medical masks for yes, people. Yes. Isn't that amazing? I know you know that woman. Yes, um, I do. It's an, it's an amazing thing. And now for us, and what we're trying to encourage the people working in the grocery stores and in the gas stations who don't have personal protective equipment, come to our church and take a mask. We want you to have it. You know, and uh, and and we're we're she's putting the patterns in the churches so that everybody can go. Joanne Fabrics is donating enough fabric to make ten masks for free. I mean, it's just remarkable. Um, there's so many ways that people are helping others, and I have to say, Gina, this conversation is one of them. It is not an easy thing to talk about your losses, especially when you know that um, it's going to be posted, and 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 some strangers might hear some very personal things. So. I just want to thank you so much for for the time that you're spending. And I'd like to invite the people who are listening right now. Let's just take a moment together and let's just think about the conversation you just heard. There is a great possibility that something that Gina said was said in a way you've never thought of before. What is something that that you heard today that is going to go with you forward? What is something that could be a treasure for your life? Where did you hear hope today in a new way? What 
what would you like to remember for a hard day ahead that was said today? Take a moment just to be grateful that you took the time for yourself to listen to this conversation and receive the gifts that it had to offer. Gina Donovan, I am so grateful that you are a part of our parish and I am so grateful to have you as a part of my own life and my own faith journey. Thank you for taking the time today to talk to us. I so You're appreciate so welcome, it. You're so welcome, Father. Thank you. God bless you all. Peace be with you.